With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation-free radical exposure are of particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. NT Factor's Breakthrough Lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to ntfactor.com, that's ntfactor.com, or call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly rundown of questions that you can send to questions at drhoffman.net. I really enjoy this uh, very, very relaxed opportunity to get a lot of input with questions and to uh, share impressions with uh, our, our resident nutritionist, Layla Mudin, and with whom I work on a daily basis. So. You know, we're comfortable riffing off each other in discussing patients and you know how to best manage them. And you know, sometimes I'll get a perspective from Layla that I you know couldn't even envision because I don't know. Patients sometimes reveal stuff to you that I miss when I go through the medical thing. That you know, you have a way. That could of, be, yeah, that could be. Or know, or could, they or a lot of them will say, "Oh, I forgot to tell Doctor yeah. Hoffman." I said, "Tell me." So. That's that's often what happens too. Credit Something to you. Like Maybe you put them at ease, and it's kind of a confessional, and you know. They, <laughs> that's like, why a box of Kleenex never lasts more than a week on my desk. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Or you know, so like like a breakthrough uh, insight. Like, mm-hmm. did you know that this patient drinks four cans of diet soda every oh, day? Oh yeah. You know, they don't want to tell the doctor. They didn't tell me. They yeah. Didn't tell me. yeah. Yeah. They want to tell you the right answer. Yeah. 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 Um, or, you know, the patient today who uh, drinks a little too much beer, has gout. You yes. Know, you know, which is beer notorious. Totally. For causing gouty attacks. Yeah. And indeed, he discovered that after a relaxed weekend. Uh, <laughs> after you know. his vacation. Too. Right, right. <laughs> so anyway. Uh-huh. Uh, so before we get to questions, and questions come to questions at drhoffman.net, uh, a topic that's been on my mind, because uh, I read a you know, I'm constantly reading, mm-hmm. constantly looking for grist for the mill for the program and, mm-hmm. you know, just to keep abreast of what's happening in, in medicine and nutrition. Uh, and it has to do with uh, exercise. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody knows that I'm an inveterate exerciser and yeah. I can't claim to be a spectacular athlete. I just am tenacious and consistent with my uh, with my uh, athleticism. And this summer I've been you know pretty busy because... With with exercise, I, it's an opportunity. It's you know, great. Conditions are right. I can do uh, open water swimming. Uh, I can uh-huh. do 
uh, cycling galore because the temp the conditions are great and yes. I have a little more time to spend in places where I can cycle. When I'm in the city, it's a little you know I have to take spin classes, mm -hmm. but uh, you know when I'm outside the city, I can do road cycling. Uh, and then I do a little bit of running, less running these days because yeah. I'm trying to kind of preserve my uh, my musculoskeletal system, and I'm pretty sure that uh, while heroic uh, running past the age of seventy does create a little bit of wear and tear. Just, sure, you know, and you know it's it's I'd like On the to joints, maybe. maintain my ability to walk and hike. Yes, uh, you know rather than win glory in marathon races. Hiking is fantastic yeah. and difficult, depending be, on the terrain, really. I'm going to be doing some hiking in Canada. I'm going to Western Canada uh, for wow. uh, a couple of weeks in August. So Beautiful country. Summer vacation. Uh, mm. But, so, but I, I came across an article which has gotten a little bit of play, mm -hmm. and it's around the theme of the exercise is good, but could too much be a problem? Okay. And specifically, I mean, people know, yeah, that you know, uh, sports medicine doctors' offices are populated with people who have injuries because they go after it too much. Yes, and they're overzealous. And I even read that there's there's some uh, incredible number of pickleball injuries. So yeah. pickleball, you know, which seems kind of it's all the rage. Yeah, and I see people play. It can be pretty aggressive. And, uh, you know, it's a lot of lateral movement and you can, you know, mess things up. You can mess sure. up your hips, your back, your knees, your feet, you know, stuff happens. Uh, but, you know, what about really like long distance running? Like I do triathlons mm -hmm. and um, what I've done is I've sort of shrunk my distance. I used, used to do what are called Olympic distance triathlons. It's an official Olympic event. Mm. Uh, and lately I've been doing sprint triathlons, which is a little less, you know, shorter mm -hmm. swim, shorter cycling and shorter run. Yeah, and for me, the limiting factor is the run because I could probably go uh, long distance. I did one race where I did uh, an Olympic distance uh, swim and bike, but it was what was called an Aquaman, which means you don't have to do the run. It's like ah. do the swim, do the bike, you're done. And that was kind of a new way of you know, since I have the range in swimming and I have the range in running, I mean in cycling, to not have to do a six mile ten k run at the end of that, which is a little bit punishing. Especially since it's later in the day and it's kind of hot often if it's a summer event. I so, would think the swimming is the most difficult to Well, complete. the swimming is difficult for the reason That's that, a whole body... Yeah, well, it's also that you're, you're in with like... It's like swimming through uh, a, uh, a river full of piranhas. Because it's everybody is swimming all out and there's like a whole phalanx of people in there. They're, you're swimming up people and they're swimming up you and they're trashing around. And it's you know it's it's not like uh, docile swimming in your lane in a pool. There's a lot I of see. and you have to also sight on if it, you know on the buoys so that you you get to your destination and you don't go off course. Yeah, and it it's kind of demanding. It's also you know you have a lot of adrenaline, and that's actually where more deaths happen is during swimming. the swim phase. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, mm -hmm. but so I I read an article which has gotten quite a lot of circulation, which is interesting because what they have found, mm -hmm. and this is before this article came out, is that paradoxically, really high-end athletes, and I can't even claim to be a high-end athlete, I guess that's good because I'm not good enough to be a 70-year-old competing in the uh, Ironman Hawaii okay. event. There are some characters like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. do that. Yeah. And it's, it's awesome, it's amazing, 
uh, you know, septuagenarians. I think there's even a couple of octogenarians who do like a two and a half mile swim, followed by a 115 mile bike ride, pl- oh, followed wow. by a marathon. Oh, wow. Wow. And, That's... and, you know, when you're older, it takes longer. You know, champions come in like seven, eight hours. I don't know. And when you're older, you, you get a little more time. But there's a certain time where it's like it's getting dark. And, you know, there's like... I'm only on mile 15 and there's nine more to go. Yeah, and right. And they, they kind of close the race course after mm-hmm. a certain time. So the object is to beat the clock. Anyway, uh, what they found is higher rates of coronary calcification than in moderate exercisers mm-hmm. in high-end exercisers. Okay. And I think you've seen this in some of our very high-end patients. We have a, a, a few very select patients who really cycle extraordinarily. They, they go thousands of feet for like hundreds of miles, yeah. well into their 50s, 60s. We have a guy who's post-70 who is a um, master's athlete, fantastic athlete, but he has coronary calcification. Yeah. And we have him on a, a statin yeah. because he has cardiovascular risk. Okay, so the story up until this recent study was, well, it's not so bad because calcification means that they have stabilized their plaque. Yes. It's stable plaque, so they're not in trouble. And we know from studies that generally high-end athletes have lower risk of cardiovascular disease Mm -hmm. than a sedentary person who is overweight, hypertensive, diabetic. So it's all good. It's all good. But... Is there potentially, at the very high end, a higher risk? And what they found in the latest study, they did imaging that actually it goes beyond a conventional CT scan. It's a CT angiogram. Oh, uh, wow. Which is a little like the CLEAR study that I did a a podcast on. Yes. Which distinguishes between soft plaque and hard plaque. Uh Uh-huh. And what they found is that there is actually a fair amount of dangerous... Soft plaque. uh, ...friable kind of plaque that can break off and cause a heart attack in these patients in these yeah. uh, in these high-end exercisers and in fact um is that the, what took down gym fix that probably was what took down gym fix okay. absolutely what probably took down gym fix okay. at a young age uh very high-end exercise the guy who launched the running revolution yes I, had his, I have his but book. he died at like 50s something yeah. early 50s of yeah. a massive heart attack maybe he was mm-hmm. 49 i don't know mm-hmm so what they also have found is that in really high-end exercisers, they actually show signs of myocardial damage, mm-hmm. like fibrosis, which is almost like the repair mechanism of a heart att- after a heart attack. Like maybe they're having like mini heart attacks at the very highest end of exertion. In addition, there is no question that these very high-end athletes have a higher incidence of atrial fibrillation. And enlarged heart. And enlarged hearts, which go hand in hand. But also because you see a very well-conditioned athlete who might have a pulse rate of, a uh, resting pulse rate of 38. Yeah. When it goes down that low, the heart uh, has a kind of a fail-safe mechanism, which creates an extra beat, ah. a skip beat to compensate So, so for it doesn't forget pause. to beat. It doesn't forget to beat. It's not like, come on, guys, you're not beating fast okay, enough. We'll beat. Let's okay. do, let's add a beat. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, so there's higher incidence of atrial fibrillation in some of these athletes. Hmm. So you have to kind of look at it's a risk benefit equation. There's definitely cardi- metabolic benefits, cardiovascular benefits. Yeah. There's 
you know, retaining muscle is important. Certainly. Uh, against sarcopenia. Absolutely. But, you know, what it, to me, personally, it has personal as well as, you know, professional implications for me, like advice to patients and yeah. advice to the public. To me, I'm going to somewhat, I mean, I really enjoy, like, getting my heart rate up and, and uh, you know, cycling fast, going up a hill. But I don't think I'm going to pursue uh, the kind of training that's required to do, like, very, very long distance high. Right. Uh, and guess what? What's fortunate for me is I'm not that good at it. Mm. So I'm kind of, I have a self-limiting <laughs> mechanism <laughs> that tells me I can't do this. You're Goldilocks on purpose. You will. Just, you want the just right amount of exercise. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You don't want to overdo it. Certainly you're not underdoing it. Uh, uh, one way yeah. with it is there's a J-shaped curve. If you look at J yes. and uh, the high part of the J, uh, it, 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 let's see, it, a J, it's actually a reverse J. Yeah. No, no, it's a J because sedentary and all that strong incidence of heart disease or whatever, and then you get you get into more exercise along the the x axis. But that's a backwards J. Oh, okay, it's a backwards J. It's a backwards J. It is a so backwards. So it's like very high risk. It's a hook. Okay. Yeah, it, 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 it's more like a fish hook that's okay. point where the short uh, end is to the right, yes, and the long end where is, you is to the left. And you attach the line is yeah. To the left. So that's like the the no okay. exercise and no the... exercise, very high risk. Yes. Then the risk goes down, and it goes down to a point where you have low risk. lowest risk and at that point at of the exercise. Goldilocks point. Yeah. Which may be different for different people. Yeah. And then it goes up. And slightly. then it starts going up with Slight too much exercise. Uptick. uptick. Yeah. yeah. For cardiovascular risk. Okay. So um, look, then you got to talk about the mood effects, the brain-derived neurotrophic factor. Right. You know, uh, look, there's there's the a lot of intangibles that everybody here. craves. Here's the other thing. That. Yeah. When they may say you may have more calcium, but you also have larger arteries and a stronger heart. True. You may also have if you have blockage. You get collateralization, right? And I isn't the body amazing that it will make these collateral blood yeah. vessels and I, to compensate? So, so there's this new study that's even better. See, first you start with a CT, stores calcium. Then you do a CT angiogram. It quant it qualitates the calcium. Uh -huh. There's a new study that's a non-invasive study that's I think it's called FFR some M something uh, that is uh, with done with a with a MRI mm -hmm. that actually shows the flow, mm -hmm. but without going in, because without being invasive, without doing a cardiac catheterization, oh, yeah. it shows how much uh, your the blood flow is going. And what they find is that in some people with blockage, especially people who exercise, they collateralize. They get like it's kind of like you know you try you you drive it's out. It's a in detour. Longer. You drive out in the Long Island Expressway. Yeah. There's an accident or construction. You take the service road, right? And you they, so you actually strengthen your collaterals yeah. that can provide. And actually, this is actually one of the knocks against stenting because the stent is like let's open it up. Then when you don't open it up, it, you have an opportunity. The body makes collaterals, and yeah. if you don't, if you if you open it up, there's no impetus to form collateralization. Yeah. So anyway, these are all. Things that go into the exercise equation, and I don't mean to dissuade people. Look, ninety-nine percent of people aren't doing enough. Yes, it's that's just true. that one percent. Absolutely, we may say maybe you yeah. should act your age. <laughs> <laughs> act your age. You know, do you, like 
Do you see your grandfather uh-huh. who was wearing, you know, like yeah. uh, you know, like a like a cloak and a top hat? You know, was Abraham Lincoln jogging? Right. You know, in front of the White House. Right. You know, exactly. Was he on his stationary bike? You know. <laughs> Was he on his elliptical? Was he on right. his... <laughs> Could you imagine? No, but it's true. I well, think, and I think he died in some like really young. It was like he shot at like sixty or something. I don't know. I don't. I don't remember yeah. how old he was. Yeah, but they, he was like so aged from yeah. the the war and the stress and everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, it's important. Too much of a good thing. Eat too many apples, you're going to get a stomach ache. Yeah, right. It's only one apple a day that keeps the doctor away. It's, Remember, more is not better. It's the J-shaped curve for apple consumption. Yes, yes. <laughs> okay, yes. let's... Okay, enough speculation <laughs> on a subject that you can just go on and on and on about. Yeah, but it's it's interesting. Uh, so, let's get to questions. Actually, we've got a nice comment from Louise. Dr. Hoffman, I love the interview you did with Anne Louise Gittleman. It's nice to learn more about the man behind the voice that I listen to weekly. It seems you were a natural for medicine and you just took a longer path than others. You took the path less traveled and it worked for you. So glad you weren't interested in being commissioner of sanitation for New York City, LOL. <laughs> okay, yeah, and that's from the podcast where I got interviewed and uh, uh-huh. know, so questions that I sometimes ask my guests, you know, what led you to integrated medicine? But we had kind of a long-form interview with uh, Anne Louise Gittleman, yeah. where she asked me, and I, and I kind of expounded at length about the path that took me, which is a little circuitous to uh, integrated medicine. It's a podcast worth listening. You can go back about a month or so, and that's when we did it. Um, parenthetically, I just looked up um, the age of death of Abraham Lincoln, and I, but I forgot to type in Lincoln, so it's an Abraham age of death. And it said 175 years. Oh. But that's the biblical Abraham. Right. <laughs> okay. Okay. So right. Abraham Lincoln, uh-huh. how old do you think he was when he died, when he was shot? 40-something? No, no, no. He wasn't. 40, he was 56. <gasps> okay. I was close. I knew he was okay. fairly young, but he was 56. 56. He got that's a lot young. done. He did. He got a lot done. Right? He did. You know, because, uh, oh, to be 56 again. Oh, my. (laughs) Well, that was three years ago for me, so... uh, Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, let's make an announcement because... Yes. uh, You know, we talk about supplements a lot. And, by the way, uh, you just uh, Mm -hmm. helped me edit an article on the 18 uh, most prevalent supplement deficiencies for Americans. Part one. Part one. And Mm -hmm. it's going to be serialized in part two. And so, you know, we're big believers in supplements here. Yes. And when we talk about supplements, and you'll hear us reference this or that of these supplements, people say, what's good for this, what's good for that? Uh, supplement quality is an issue. So we want to share with people our choice, which is the full script dispensary, which you can find at drhoffmanstore.com, mm. where there's a lot of uh, adulteration of supplements, a lot of counterfeit supplements. I know the Internet is, is big these days, but there's a problem with a lot of the stuff that's on the Internet. So... We've decided to work with a reliable pharmacy, uh, the Full Script uh, Supplement Pharmacy. Yes. And that's where we refer patients, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, it, you know, they, they've got a lot of quick turnover. Their stuff doesn't sit on the shelves forever. No. Their delivery is amazing. It is. Uh, it really is amazing. And the customer service is impeccable. Yeah. yeah. And, and they just got, you know, I can't even tell you the amount of... Uh, 
money infusion mm -hmm. to upgrade their services and make it really a a very uh, professional website. Oh, so that's great. It's, uh, that's good news. I mean, it's great for the supplement industry because yeah. you can find all the most important brands there. Mm -hmm. So anyway, okay. uh, com. All right. Uh, we've got a question from Michael. Hi, Dr. Hoffman and Layla. I'm 79. I weigh 125. And I do a variety of exercises, weights, aerobics, yoga. However, I still have an abdominal pouch mm -hmm. just below the navel. I would like to reduce that area. What would you suggest? Okay. I have a relatively low-carb diet. Okay. So I answered that question on my show. Yeah. And you know, ordinarily, we don't answer both on my show and on this, but I wanted yeah. to hear your perspective on that question. My, the first thing that comes to mind when I think of a 79-year-old man is, are you standing up straight? Okay. Is there a little Postural. slouch? Is there a little Postural. curvature Postural. that when we do that, yeah, oh, well, look. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, that yes. could be anything. Yeah. You stand up straight, you lose five pounds, yeah. Yeah. for example. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And and there is, with scoliosis, there's compression. Yes. You know, and, uh, and kyphosis. Scoliosis means from side to side, so I use the wrong term. Kyphosis, kyphosis. is the bent over thing, mm. which... Is in very it's inevitable as you age, but even more so if you're a scholarly person. Yeah, you know, you're going to be crouching, you know, over in, a book or uh, over your yeah, your your PC yeah, yeah. or something Bent like that. Bent over, yeah, yes. right. So that's part, okay. That was good because actually that wasn't part of my answer. But mm. what are some other considerations for a, a 79 year old? And by the way, the, the guy can't be overweight. He can. He's, he's 125 he's pounds. Sounds a little frail. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, unless he was 4'10 in height yeah, right. or something, right, then he right. would be no, overweight, yeah, but yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, short of liposuction for the pouch right, right. or cryo, so, whatever they're doing. So, so here's how here. I answered it, is uh -huh. that, you know, again, like, based on my experience is, um, you know, when I go to these athletic events and we're, you know, sitting around, there's a certain amount of sitting around time as you, you know, prepare your bike and you prepare mm -hmm. your gear. And, uh, you know, because of my age, I'm sort of shunted into the section where there's some older contestants, older than me. You know, they're, they're guys in their 70s. There's even a couple of guys in their 80s. And these are fabulous athletes. Uh -huh. They've been lifelong athletes. Uh -huh. But they cannot be like, they can't dance at Chippendales. I see. They got a little <laughs> bit of a... I haven't heard Chippendales in like decades. Well, oh my God. Okay. They, or they can't uh -huh. race the Playgirl calendar. Yes. You know, because they've got a little bit of abdominal laxity. Uh huh. Okay. Uh -huh. Because collagen kind of sags as you get mm, older. And the yeah. same thing happens in your belly. Mm -hmm. And you can do a million crunches. It's still not going to fix that. I wonder if leg lifts and what is that called? Captain's. Uh where you're lifting, it, not it, only are you per, are your legs perpendicular to the floor, but you're lifting up your hips and holding it and coming down well, slowly. That's good, that could be but something. It's, it's, it's not. But it may to, not do it. It's not going to do it. And the other thing yeah. that happens when you're 79 is you have lower testosterone. Oh yeah. And without testosterone, you can't have a six pack. Right. Right. That's why yeah. ladies work real hard to get a six pack. Yeah. But if you show me. A lady who's in a bodybuilding uh, competition and has a six pack, she's juicing. Oh, on something. she's doping. You think? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Wow. On something. Uh, yeah. All because right. to, to get rid of that subcutaneous fat, yeah. you need testosterone. Right. Or maybe growth hormone or something like that. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. 
You so, know what's really terrible at those bodybuilding competitions is the dehydration. Yeah. Just to show your right. for that is just to dangerous. see the veins bulging. Oh my god. And that's why they did you see the pictures of uh, RFK Jr. doing push ups and stuff? He's got pretty good bod. Mm -hmm. But they say that it's pretty hard to look like that uh, unless you're taking something. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So they, they're, you know, accusing okay. him of... He's only in his 60s. No, he's 70. Oh, I he's, thought he was 60. I, I'll I'll I thought he was like 69. I think he, he thinks well, he's yeah, okay, 70. He's, Hello. I, I'll, check, yeah. I'll, check it, I'll check it out. Yeah. RFK age... RFK Jr. RFK, that's right, 42 yeah. years when he died. Okay, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. He was shot. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah what a terrible age. year that was. Anyway. Okay, RK Junior Age. 69, you're right. He's 69. So he's, okay. He's technically 70. Yeah. yeah. Well. So, you know, I didn't look like that when I was 69. Um, okay. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And there's a lot more over the counter doping type things mm -hmm. that are available, I think. Uh -huh. It's not just a matter of calling Dr. Carlos or whatever the name of the doctor was who would easily get you whatever. That shouldn't be used during sporting events or like that. Anyway. Did you see the Zuck with it, you know with the shirt off? Zuckerman Zuckerberg. No, he looks pretty shredded because uh, they're talking about like a like a cage match between uh, Zuckerberg and Elon Musk. Oh, really? And, uh, you know, Musk outweighs him, but Zuckerberg is doing like Brazilian jiu-jitsu. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> and he's. He looks pretty shredded. Yeah, I'm not a fan of Facebook, so I really wouldn't be uh, nor am looking I. much at that. But nor, okay, right. like well, Elon is interesting. He's, but. he's not my pinup boy. <laughs> <laughs> no Chippendales either. Oh my right. God, I can't believe the the just the well, name it's, Chippendales. It, it's, it's like just brought me back to it, like it's 1980s. Like, it's like the nerd who works out syndrome. Oh you know? my gosh! I guess I'm a, I sort of fit that definition. <laughs> By the way, did you see that patient uh -huh. uh, who came in uh, today with his son? And it was we saw the yes. patient, we saw the son, and the son yes. was like massive. Oh, totally. And he, I asked him how much he bench pressed. Uh huh. He says three seventy five. <gasps> oh my goodness! That is the weight of the wall oven that we just got <laughs> installed in our kitchen that guy by was, LG. That oh guy was big. Yeah. yeah, but he's yeah, also yeah, like he you know. 35 years old. You know. Right, right. <laughs> 40 years old, maybe. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So, we've got an email from Ricky who wants to know, Good. first of all, good day, Dr. Hoffman. I had the good fortune of seeing you give a keynote speech for the former Winthrop Hospital at a Garden City Hotel convention a long time ago. Be a long time ago. It was very memorable and, you know, it was wonderful. So literally today, in going through my books for a rummage sale, I found an old hard copy, 2006, of your book, How to Talk to Your Doctor. Mm -hmm. Will you be doing any new editions of this book? Well, they're still not listening. Mm. So, okay, so... Yeah, I, I, the I, doctors aren't listening. I think the book is you know, still applicable. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. I think that uh, it's also an opportunity to talk about, you know, some of the latest advancements or latest tests or latest sure. things that you should be asking your doctor about. Um, but um, no, I don't plan to do 
a redo on that. I just mm-hmm. I find that um, uh, writing books these days is kind of um, an ungratifying task. Yeah. Um, there's very few books that break through, mm-hmm. and there's very little support that you get from publishers, and it's a lot of work. And I think that there are better ways to communicate. You know, so I fortunately, I guess I'm spoiled. I have the opportunity to communicate like we're communicating now. Yeah. And I have the opportunity to do a radio program, and I have the opportunity to do a newsletter, which has a lot of subscribers, mm-hmm. and we're getting the word out. So yeah. um, unless something is exceedingly compelling for me, I thought of writing a book about COVID, but I will tell you, frankly, that the publishers were really afraid to touch it. Ah. Uh. Publishers were afraid to touch it. And yeah. I had the option of self-publishing it, but um, they were scared blankless of the topic, which was about natural support for the immune system, Yeah, uh, the big publishers. And so what we did, you know, I wrote uh, an introduction to the book, and I excerpted it, in which you, you can find it mm-hmm. at um, <clears throat> dearhoffman.com uh, and click immunity click on the read drop down menu then click immunity reset yes and there's a that is sort of a um, an adaptation of a proposal for a book mm-hmm. that n- never got off the launch pad mm. and that I think is because of the fear that they would be accused of quote misinformation wow especially during the the heart of the covid era yeah you know when it was like heretical to talk yes. about it's heretical it's heretical to tell the truth that you must follow the narrative right yeah i mean um, to talk about anything other than yeah. medicines and uh, a vaccine program mm-hmm. that has mm-hmm. you know uh, effectiveness to some extent but a lot of more limitations than they were willing to admit Yes. So anyway, and you know, we just actually just talked to a vaccine uh, injured patient uh, today. We did um, that. Uh, you know, she has a weird skin manifestation. She was really knocked out by her booster for for weeks. Um, and not just has uh, not just ow my my arm hurts. Yeah, you know, just and which could be typical for any. And so how many times have we heard that? And even I mean, it's not like I'm seeing you yeah. know uh, seventy five patients a week. Mm-hmm. You know, with a relatively low volume of patients, because we take our time, and we don't see yes. a lot of people, especially new people. Um, how many vaccine reactions have we heard? Um, you know, and so more more than I would care to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah which is very concerning. Let, give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two, because we need to divide our podcast into two parts. Why are food manufacturers using so much sunflower oil in products from deli meats to baby formula to protein bars? Okay. Interesting question. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. This is our weekly Q&A with Layla. Questions can come to questions at drhoffman.net.